0: the volume oral sessions is brought to you by FanDuel it's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel whether you love basketball golf soccer or any other fantasy sport there's a contest for every fan FanDuel more ways to win hey guys welcome to our very first edition of our best of show hell yeah this week was incredible all right Wrestlemania is behind us we've been there we've done that what a week Emilio and I got together for both nights. We had two nights of WrestleMania. Emilio and I got together and we broke down some of the biggest storylines from the weekend. And later this week, I got to talk to an absolute badass. The former UFC bantamweight champion, Misha Tate. She stopped by the show. So she retired four years ago. Uh, but you know what they say? You can't keep a badass chick down. I'm pretty sure someone says that. I say that. I'm going to start saying that. So Misha and I talked about her decision to come out of retirement and now she's going to be facing Marion Renault, July 17th, UFC. It's all going down, but I got to chat to her first. Here we go. So last year we start off WrestleMania having two nights back to back and it's like, ooh, do we need that? I think we need two nights of WrestleMania.
1: I don't think we need two nights at all. It's, it's, it's exhausting.
0: It is, but like, I, okay. So I did not find watching tonight to be exhausting. Like, I feel like it went by fairly quickly. I'm ready for tomorrow because if you didn't like it really, when you look at who's going to main event, because Sasha and Bianca absolutely crushed it tonight, huge congratulations to Bianca Belair. But that leads me to tomorrow night. It's like tomorrow night. Of course it's got to be Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, and edge as the other main event. Like it has to be. So I think having like the multiple main event moments, there is a bonus to that. I think
1: I could see your point, but here, here's where I say now, if they spent like the entire calendar year from January till mania season, building up a really solid card, of seven to eight matches, right, literally concentrating and picking out the best of the best on the roster, wouldn't that be more beneficial to the storytelling of WrestleMania to make it feel even bigger? Because what I feel from WrestleMania now, right, and I've been watching wrestling, you've been watching wrestling for years, it has a pageantry to it, but it doesn't feel as special as when you watched it when you were a kid, right? I don't know why. Maybe it's a mixture of now of just the celebrities and the pop and circumstance.
0: No, I think it's the same reason why like Christmas doesn't feel as cool as when you were a kid. It's like that magic goes away and things change. It's it's I think it's just a time of our lives that we're in. I think is that does that apply to this scenario? I think so.
1: Now it just comes down to do they want to do two nights? Because I knew New Japan Pro Wrestling has done two nights at the Dome back to back. So it's like, is that the new trend now? Do you want to try to get everybody on your roster some equal time? And if you do, do, how do you, what card is better? Will night one go down to be better? Does night two become better?
0: But then it also turns into like, what does that burnout start to look like for the fans? Because as we already know with WrestleMania week, it's like, okay, you go into NXT takeover, into hall of fame, into, uh, into WrestleMania into the Monday after WrestleMania, back into another NXT. So, like, that alone can be a burnout. But what a moment to be able to see the fans back in the crowd. I got so pumped up to see people just, like, smashing beers and enjoying some wrestling.
1: That's the atmosphere that I miss. I miss the live atmosphere. I miss being turned up with my boys, first or second row, just going crazy because if I'm past third, it's a nosebleed, so I ain't going If it's that type of party. You're
0: such a snob.
1: I've been spoiled by world wrestling entertainment, not going to lie. You know, (laughs) so the last seven years in a row, that's what I was doing. But I think the fan experience is the magical part. And that's why the WWE universe is so good.
0: The girls tore it up. Feel good moment. I mean, you could see that emotion from Bianca. I I couldn't be more happy for them. I thought that Sasha's gear looked amazing. Shout
1: out to Sarat.
0: I don't know if Surratt did that. It has
1: to be a Surratt original, right?
0: It's not always. It's not always. Okay. But absolutely amazing. Okay, you know what else we have to talk about is Bad Bunny. Oh, my God. Dude,
1: I'm all about storyline and build-up, right? And night one really didn't have outside of maybe like Cesaro and Seth. It was Bad Bunny. Miz and Morrison and Damian Priest, that was probably the storyline of the year for me in how they built it up because it was so detailed from start to finish. And there was so, like, the lead-in was really, it was so good starting. And he's probably the longest reigning 24-7 champion we have.
0: Sure, as he should be. I mean, listen, when you've got somebody like Bad Bunny who uh, has a gigantic platform of his own, uh, he's able to take the 24-7 championship On to Saturday Night Live, he shows up to TV tapings. This is like a huge global superstar. He should be the 24-7 champion because he is bringing those eyes to the product. He's somebody that obviously wants to be there. He absolutely crushed that Canadian Destroyer. Good God almighty.
1: He went to the top, right? So he did that. Then he hits that Canadian Destroyer. And I'm like, dude, are you been training? Are you been at the PC putting some work in? Big
0: time. Big time. Like no fooling around. And, you know, that's something that I've kind of heard like the rumblings of that as well from like, you know, people at WWE of like, no, like dude like really wants to like, he wants to be there. He wants to put in the time. So kudos to him. And now he got that big mania moment. And I think that, you know, it takes two to tango takes four to tango on this situation, but you look at somebody like the Miz, he put in so much work. To, uh, to just make the rest of that matchup really come together. And he really made uh, Bad Bunny look good.
1: Listen, you need a really good dance partner to make your stuff look even better, right? So you have guys like Damian Priest who can work, right? John Morrison, probably one of the greatest bump and feed guys in the last 15 years, right? Miz, like him, love him, hate him, loathe him, whatever. He knows how to wrestle that WWE entertaining style, and he knows how to get somebody over.
0: Sure, he is, he is like the quintessential WWE superstar.
1: Absolutely, and I even like the small adjustments that they've made to Damian Priest's NXT character on the main roster, because when you looked at Damian Priest on NXT, he was just this mysterious, tall, good-looking dude in leather with a deep commandeering voice, and that was it. And now you partner him with Bad Bunny and now he's having, he's he's way more flamboyant. He shows a range of personality, but yet at the same time too, he's still playing that heater. Like that traditional, I'm going to watch your back and I'm gonna kick somebody in the face.
0: I'm glad that they found that out. Like it's it's it was really, I'm glad that they've been partnered up together and that it's worked out the way that it has. And what a night for Bad Bunny. Who knew that he was gonna crush it so well. Like it was absolutely amazing. So let's just get into it. What a main event. Oh my gosh. There were moments that I literally was about to jump out of my chair. So excited. What? But what an odd finish.
1: <laughs> I was going to ask you, did you think that Roman Reigns was going to retain against Daniel Bryan and Edge?
0: I did. I tweeted that I thought he was going to retain.
1: So you're always on point with that because I'm not, I expect a huge like change.
0: Listen, Emilio, I've sat in many WWE production meetings (laughs) over the years. I I know the true ins and outs of that business. You know, when I tweeted that, people are like, oh, what about your, you know, your talking smack co-host? I'm like, I didn't say who I wanted to win. I said who I thought was going to win. Very big difference. So, you know, I, I think you look at it, end of the day. Daniel Bryan's not the guy that they're going to want to put over at Mania. They've done it once before. I don't think that they're going to do it again. And then you see somebody like Edge, who we all, we love Edge. Who doesn't love Edge? But is he the guy to put the strap on at that time? I've never been able to just call it like the strap. I always have to make the universal championship.
1: It's fun to say the strap, right?
0: Yeah. So I figured that it was going to be Roman Reigns, but an interesting move with the double pin. Where do you go from there? Where do you go from a finish like that?
1: it starts right back up for the next set of pay-per-views. That's it. They're both of them will still vie for the universal championship. It's going to happen. You're going to have these two guys probably battle it out themselves now. And then we'll, we'll see some kerfuffle and then Roman reigns will probably fight the winner at the next pay-per-view.
0: Okay. So a couple of things that I want to talk about really quickly before we move on to other matches, just during that triple threat match for the universal championship, there was a double spear that looked gnarly as all hell the double submission from Edge and Brian head into the headbutt off that was amazing those were those were my like highlights along with the concerto of course
1: i love tandem movements i think it's so good in professional wrestling and Here's a couple of things that I've seen. Uh, People have always questioned the validity of how good Roman Reigns is as a professional wrestler, not a sports entertainer. So to see what he did tonight with these guys who are arguably two of the greatest, and you have Daniel Bryan, who is the king of modern indie style wrestling where you have to give him the crown because he perfected indie style, what you see now. So to see what these guys were doing and how it just, just ebbed and flowed together so well. It played off beautifully on camera. So those were, the, those were the standout moments for me in my notes as well. Those were the standout moments for me. Like It's those little subtleties that make it so much more because you think, right, could we see a snag here? Are we going to see an upset? No, and then like you just slightly kick out and it's like, whoa, okay, now I'm back in. It was the right amount of falsies. I know I said well, yesterday. I agree,
0: I agree. Because there was a few times I was like, oh shit, this is it, this is the finish. And psych, I love I love when I get got. I love nothing more than getting got. That's why I love wrestling. I want to get got. I want to be completely invested. I want to take that like hook, line and sinker and, and fall for it. That's why we all love wrestling, right? I love being uh, caught off guard or that I've guessed wrong, which I didn't tonight. I did predict that Rowan was going to retain. Um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, these guys tore it up.
1: They fight forever.
0: Would we say that this was maybe match of the night?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely was match of the night. Yeah, I think they know each other so well. It starts at like Ring of Honor and it comes all the way here.
0: 18 years they've known each other.
1: And they, they have done this each time differently. Um, you know, some like the build was a little odd this one, you know, because it starts with the haluva kick when, yeah. when KO is commentating and then it just snowballed from there. Um, but I like the fact that they can turn it on and fight with no real like just cause at any time because you already know. There's
0: such a built in story between the two of them, no, no matter what. And I love that that was it, not that I would say that it was like a last minute addition to WrestleMania, but kind of figuring out where that was going to go, what Sami Zayn was going to be doing. I mean, he's just his character has evolved so incredibly well. Um, you know, when we talked to him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and him just talking about like, you know, kind of being in that driver's seat of his character and he's earned the trust of the brass of WWE to to really kind of navigate this character and be a little bit more free flowing in his speeches and promos and whatnot. Um, So really cool to see that. I love that Logan Paul ate a stunner. Something had to happen there. That dude had to eat one, like it or not. I mean, it's also
1: really cool for the annals of pop culture now as well, because I think, you know, the Pauls are just so ingrained in that YouTube culture thing that that clip and there's going to be reaction videos to that. So it also opens up Kevin Owens to an entirely completely different world who may have may not have followed professional wrestling. And also now they might say, well, who is this guy? What is he doing? And then, oh, then you see all this cool stuff that he's done. He dives off shit. He stuns shit. He loves animals. He's a good guy. He-
0: you know what else I want to bring forward? I mean, yeah, all, all of those things, 100%, checkmark, 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 checkmark. He's, he's doing all of those things. What uh, I really enjoyed from Kevin yesterday was um, the beginning of the show they had the weather condition issues. So they, they stretched for like 40 minutes to stretch for 40 minutes is a long time. So they were like backstage, backstage, back to the commentators, Cole's in a poncho, Joe's in a poncho, all the stuff that's happening. But when they cut to Kevin Owens doing his promo, that's one of those things that Kevin Owens shines at. He's, he's a great promo. And, uh, you could tell that that was like one of those moments that was like really from the heart from him of like, not only like, yeah, we're at WrestleMania and cool. I'm going to fight Sami Zayn, but giving that history of where the two of them, you know, fighting in armories uh, in front of 20 people to where they're at now. It's it just this, this story between those two is it's so impressive. It's really cool.
1: Here's the thing that I think with that too. Um, I think if you give a guy like that, an open microphone and just say, Hey, we need time to fill hit the bullet points and, and do what you need to do. I think it'll be more touching. And I think it's a special moment there as well, because how many times you get to say, I wrestled one of my dear friends at the biggest stage of them all. Like, yeah, we've done it in armories for less than 20 the people. showcase
0: of the immortals, if you will. Uh, and Rhea Ripley, huge congratulations to her. Uh, we just had her on the show. You guys can go back and listen to that episode um, on Oral Sessions. It's on YouTube. You can see the whole thing. So uh, those women, as we knew it was going to be hard hitting, it just felt right. To, uh, to see Rhea holding on to that Raw Women's Championship. So that was that was a great feel-good moment, but that one couldn't have been screwed up one way or the other because whether Oscar retained or Rhea went over, I think either way, people would have been happy. You want to root for both of those women. We, we, but we know how great both of them are individually, so for them to have this storyline. I don't know what Rhea's going to go into next after this. Well, I, th- but, I think
1: that's the beauty of it. it. It's your first title reign, right? So you only get one. And it's really special now, too, because she had to they had to write, quote unquote, the storyline wrong of what happened at last year's WrestleMania down at the PC. So now it's like you kind of soft rebooted Rhea Ripley and she came back and she looks like a million dollars.
0: She looks so good. Great,
1: great makeup. Great entrance. Gear was popping her new jacket that she made herself.
0: Hell yeah.
1: On point, on point. Sister was on point. So big shout outs to her. She did it. Yeah. I hope now that she doesn't live in her head like she was living. She said for the past, like, you know, year. Yeah, now now just like go out. in the back and breathe and and let's see where it goes. I think a really good program to avenge the, the the L would be against Charlotte Flair. I think that would be really good.
0: I mean, that's the thing that makes the most sense, right?
1: I'm all for it. Or if Becky Lynch comes back on Monday Night Raw. For the love
0: Technically, of Technically, Becky,
1: if you want to say she is still the uncrowned women's champion because she, she did give it up. she
0: gave the title to Asuka. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was at TV when it happened, and I was not at WrestleMania. I did all that stuff from home, so it would have been a different time from that, just on like my own time frame of when that happened. I feel like it happened in like May or something.
1: It was after Money in the Bank. Someone in the chat oh, on the
0: perfect, yeah, Instagram said it was after Money. No, you guys always know. Thank you. You
1: guys know stuff.
0: Y'all are smart. Um, so yeah, having Becky return, and I mean, having all of her little teases throughout the week have been amazing too. Little shit right. had us all, all right. going for it.
1: She, she's breath. great at that though she's done that like on two she different occasions now yeah she's, she's really done on two it. different occasions
0: how have you been feeling since making the announcement do you feel like a weight lifted off your shoulders or like this excitement what's going through your head
2: i feel really excited i i feel excited to share this with the rest of the world you know because i've been kind of keeping it to myself and you know truly like i knew that i wanted to fight again But I also knew that I had like this list that I had to kind of make sure that I could accomplish these things in order to really be able to commit to it. So at first, I just didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. And of course, there was speculation, but like my gym, like nobody, I didn't tell them because I didn't want the expectation and I didn't want the pressure. I just wanted to be able to go in and enjoy myself and just see where what I could make happen and once I would realize like oh I'm really on track for that I'm ready to commit you know, 100%, I'm, I'm down. And then we made the fight and it got announced like 12 hours later, then it was just like, man, this is feels so good. Like everybody is really on board with it, like really supportive. Um, and my teammates had already been kind of telling me for quite some time, like, like you feel like really strong, like you have mom strength (laughs) now and you feel really good. Like feels like you never left. Like, (laughs) So I was already getting some really positive feedback and, uh, I'm, I'm honored and kind of humbled that everybody is still so, you know, excited about it. I guess it was pretty cool to be well-received by the media and by the fans and, you know, to just be able to talk about my goals and ambition publicly.
0: So two things on that one, how long had you been sitting on this before you decided to make it public and what was on this list that you needed to check off to know that you were able to fully commit to stepping back into the octagon?
2: I pretty much made up my mind, I would say in June after I had my son, I was locked down. I was in Singapore, mind you. Um, and the, the pandemic had really shut everything down. So I was, you know, like everybody else and that kind of forced slow down, but I felt very isolated. And I really started to reevaluate the things that are most important in my life. And obviously family and friends, very important in life. When you really realize that when you move across the world and then a pandemic hits and the borders shut down and the world shuts down and like, you cannot get there and they can't get to you. Like it just was really made me reobserve what is very important. And then, you know, time, time was just kind of like dwindling away for no real purpose at the time. Cause there was nothing that could be done. Right. Nobody was working really. Like I was working for one championship. We weren't able to throw events, like things like that. Right. And then the last thing is like dreams and goals. And I just started to reevaluate What do I really want? I'm 34 years old. And it just hit me. I was just like, I, I want to fight again. You know? So I brought it to Johnny's attention. And I just said, what do you, what do you think if I want to do this again? And he's like, well, if you really want to, he's like, of course I support you. He's like, but babe, it's going to be a lot because we have the two kids now. It's so like, I just want you to understand. He's always my rock. He always kind of brings it everything back full circle. He puts it in perspective and he makes sure that, you know, I understand like exactly. Cause I do get a bit like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to, and I, I kind of get a little bit everywhere and he's always the one to kind of hone it back in for me and just be like, Hey, just, you know, just keep in mind, but so supportive. I'm so lucky. Like, I don't know what I did to deserve such a great man, but I basically decided in June that I wanted to fight again, but I had just given birth. So I was like, okay, well, there's a lot I have to do to even get like physically. And also, you know, so to checklist, right? Make sure I'm still physically able to do this and make sure that I don't get injured coming back. That was a big thing because I knew my mind would be in one place, but my body would be in another. And I would remember how I would do it, but physically it was going to take me some time to get on that level again. So I had to ease back in and kind of like pull back the reins a lot of times. Of course, there was a little bit of hiccups along the way. So I had to like do the right things, not get injured, get back into really good shape and then reassess. Like, am I still liking sparring? Do I like going to the gym and getting in those tough rounds? And you know, what is my instinct? Do I fight or do I flight? Like, what is it? And I'm definitely still fight, like no doubt about it, but you know, a lot of time had gone by. It was a lot of time. It was like four years since I had really committed myself to doing that. So like, these were things I needed to make sure were still in line with like what my vision was and what what my goals were. And then obviously the checkbox of the UFC, like still wanting me to fight, um, still making sure my contract was in accordance and like, the pay, you know, and all those things. And, um, physically, you know, that was like one of the, the, like the most I would have to accomplish from that point to get back to a high level athlete. Right. It's like right after I had my son, I'm like, not only do I have to get back into good physical shape, but I have to, um, recover from birth. Right. I have to like have the postpartum period and, and kind of like go through that. Segment of just getting back into normal person shape and then accomplish all these other goals and not get hurt along the way. So I think there was that big challenge and that always, that always seems to motivate me to have a lot to have to overcome and accomplish to be able to reach my goal
0: even just like the importance of you taking that time. So, I mean, for you to retire from UFC, retire from fighting four or five years ago to now you being back in this spot. I mean, it's not this like six month window of you realizing where you want to be, but you really needed to take that time for yourself. Right.
2: Yeah. I needed to take the time for myself to, um, like i said to really make sure that i'm just not totally crazy because i can definitely be crazy when it comes to the things that i want to do and accomplish and i think most people would probably look at me and say you're crazy right now but um that's fine like i'm so used to being underestimated and uh people trying to put limitations on what they think i'm capable of or what i can accomplish and uh there's nothing More motivating, I think, than being underestimated, at least in my opinion. You know, people telling me what they think my ceiling is. It's like, you don't get to dictate that. Bitch, you don't know my ceiling. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I'm the only person that gets to dictate that. So for me, I think that that time that I took postpartum to just get back into the gym and recover and do all the things I needed to do, like, I'm really proud of myself because I've come such a long way in a relatively short period of time. And I feel really good about where I'm at. And it just kind of confirmed it going to the PI and seeing all the physical assessments right there. It's science. It's right there in front of me, you know. So a lot of those questions, too, were just really confirmed that I'm doing all the right things. The
0: next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA in play turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA in play. So the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA in play is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA in play today. What
2: are you looking
0: to focus on uh, for, for Marianne Renault?
2: You know, she's a great fighter and uh, I think a lot of people will look at her record and just say, oh, she lost her last four. I don't look at it that way at all. She lo- she barely lost her last four. They've all been very closely contested. She's had draws and split decisions in some of her fights too. And then you look at what she's been able to do in like finishing Sarah McMahon. You know, she hurt her in the striking department and she submitted her in a triangle cho- ch- choke. She's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She also finished Jessica Andrade, which is nearly impossible to do, but also another triangle choke. Um, she's got a really nasty guard game and um you know she's heavy-handed and it's like the fights that she has lost she she narrowly lost them she's been on the verge of being a contender on multiple occasions and she's like she just barely missed it and so I look at her and I just say You know, she's somebody who is a lot better than what her record says. And that's always a bit scary to fight somebody like that, because I don't know if everybody else values her skill set the way that I do and sees her as tough as I see her. And I think she deserves more credit. I think a lot of people are underestimating her. And I don't know if people think that I'm, you know, that I'm going to win this fight or not. But I think from the outside, right, people look at it and say, oh, you know, Misha should win this fight. And of course, I believe I'm going to win this fight, but I'm just saying, I think she's a much tougher fighter than a lot of people give her credit for. And she's never been finished in all her fights in her whole career. Nobody has ever been able to finish her. So she's incredibly durable and she's got that well-rounded skill set, like where she's just good in every area. She doesn't really have a ton of weaknesses. So granted, she might not be the greatest fighter that ever lived. Like she's certainly a very game opponent. So I have a lot of respect for her and I've followed her career for quite some time. And it's kind of cool that it will be her, um, her retirement fight. This is her last fight and I'm coming out of retirement. It's kind of an interesting storyline. You know, I know she's a teacher too, as well. So she's just, she's a neat person and I'm really excited to get in there and mix it up with her. I'm so glad that she wanted the same thing, you know, that she, uh, you know, that she took the fight against me. Cause I, I don't know, she could have I guess she could have said no, or she could have taken another fighter.
0: And that was a quick turnaround, right? Like they just kind of floated it her way. And then it was announced without you even knowing that it was confirmed. Right.
2: Exactly. So it was really quick and I'm just grateful. Like, I, I hope that we both can just stay healthy and get in there and fight July 17th. Like, I feel like that cannot come fast enough. Um, I'm very excited for July. I'm excited to just get in there mix it up again. And I think she's a great opponent but I, I, I really believe in myself in the second part of my career. I, I never had the support system that I have now. And that's, you know, it's my own fault. Like there's nobody else to blame, but me, but I was young and I was dumb and I was impressionable. And I, I thought that, um, it was better to, I believed I had been told it was better to let someone else, my ex like dictate what happened in my life and my career, you know, was a very headstrong personality. And it's like, I was 19 years old, you know, when we met and, and started dating and I didn't know any different, you know? So I just thought, oh, this is the way that it is. This is the way it was supposed to be. And eventually I just got strong enough to be able to stand up for myself, stand up for the things like I just knew it wasn't right. But when you're in the middle of the storm, it's so hard to see the other side. So I just had to really separate myself from that. That kind of meant separating myself from MMA as well too, because I didn't know how to do them both because he had always been there from the very beginning of my career, very beginning. I mean, literally first day training MMA. So I just didn't know any other way. And now it's like, I, it's night and day. Like my partner that I have now, Johnny, he's just incredible. Like the father of my children, he's all about me. I have so much more perspective and value and greatness in my life already. Fighting is not everything to me. It's where I have my focus, but I guess sometimes the pressure can be so much if you feel like you have nothing else and that can be a bad thing. The pressure, when the pressure is like, I have to do this, not I want to do this. There's a very distinct difference. And now I'm in a place in my life where it's like, I want to do this. I want to dedicate, you know, 100% of myself.
0: All right, guys, that was our best of for the week. We actually had three episodes rolled into one here for your listening pleasure. Um, And listen, I don't know about you guys, but I cannot wait until April 3rd next year. WrestleMania 38, AT&T Stadium. You know, they're going to do things big in Texas. You know, Stone Cold's got to be there, right? He's got to be. It's going to be amazing. Anyways, I'm going to be, I'm going to have to bring my daughter with me. Oh my gosh, I can bring my daughter to a WrestleMania. That's going to be, I've never even like, that's not even entered my brain that's going to be incredible. All right, a big shout out to Emilio for helping me break down all things WWE during our WrestleMania 37 rundown. And of course, a big thank you to Misha Tate for hanging out with me and best of luck to her stepping back into the octagon July 17th against Marion Renault. This woman looks like she is not going to be stopped by anybody that gets in her way. We'll see what happens when that Turns out to be Amanda Nunez. Cannot wait to see that rematch happen. All right, guys, thanks for listening. This has been the best of for the week of oral sessions. Uh, subscribe, rate, download the show, do your thing. I'll talk to you guys next week.